This is Consumer Friend. Welcome to another episode of the Consumer Friend podcast and today's episode is the Ask the Team podcast where we answer your burning questions about consumer issues. My name is Adam Carter and together with Louise Baxter MBE we make up the Consumer Friend team. Consumer Friend is your go-to website for when those purchases you've made whether it's goods or services don't turn out to be as expected. We also champion plain English consumer vulnerability as well as giving you easy to understand information around saving money when it comes to making your home more energy efficient energizing your home also known as retrofit so hi lou how are you i'm good thanks dad it's been a long time since we've podcasted it has yeah podded is it podded whatever you want to call it um i liked your intro i say that we're gonna try and answer all your questions it's a sort of try we have all the answers, but we can only give it to the best of our ability. And I'm quite hot today. You, so. do, you do have all the answers, Louise. You're the consumer rights expert. I wish people wouldn't call me an expert. It sort of raises the expectations a little bit, but doesn't it, to be honest? So, apo- <laughs> no, so, I know. Too much experience in this in this field. So apologies to everyone who was probably expecting a podcast a couple of weeks ago. I was on holiday. We tried to get one. We tried to fit one in before I went on holiday, but we didn't quite manage it, did we? Adam was too busy getting ready for holiday, and Hannah was too busy giving him lists of things to do. Like, but she must have told him that he had to take the bins out four thousand times. We taken the bins out yet? All I got. (laughs) Go away. (laughs) And then I kept texting him, "Have you taken the bins out yet?" Just to join into that, just to add to the ag. Up the bin ag. <laughs> I had some quite some some holiday pre-stress. If I if I share with you that Adam has come back from holiday and prepared an eleven minute eleven minute video of his holiday with photos, he goes through every single day. I've had to sit through it twice now in its draft in its draft situation and as a final edit. I'm sure I'll have to sit through it again as well, won't I? <laughs> I did it instead of uh, doing some consumer framework. <laughs> it was more fun. I'm not sure how your holiday photos are educating anybody on their rights, Adam, to be honest. It's not. I, I had this conversation, maybe limit it to one song. He's like, no, no, no. So four, four songs. Three songs. Is it four songs? Four songs. songs? No. All 80s songs. Club Tropicana, Madonna Holiday, Kat- Katrina and the Waves, Walking on Sunshine, and another one. Not only did I have to watch it on his laptop, he put it on my telly in my kitchen so I had to watch it big screen. Everyone's, <laughs> house, everyone's house I go to. Right, got your TV on. Everyone's got smart TVs now, so I can just transfer it straight to the TV. Right, watch that for 10 minutes. See ya. 11 minutes. Just about 11. Not just 10, 11 minutes. I am not... But apart so- from that, do you know what else happened today? Go on. Adam told me the most amazing fact, which is still blowing my mind a little bit. Adam, tell tell everyone your squirrel fact. Squirrels lose around seventy five percent of the nuts that they bury. And I was like, that's not very efficient, is it? But and then I was like, oh, I feel like a squirrel. I must. I bury things everywhere in my mind, and they lose them. I told my sister, and she said, "Is that is that like us losing seventy five percent of the money that we earn?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. 
Uh, tell everybody why why this is a good thing that they lose seventy five percent of the nuts that they bury. So it's one of the ways that we get new trees in woods and forests by the squirrels planting seeds. Which brings me on, Adam. I'm going to segue this one. I've saved 107 trees with my solar panels. Squirrels have planted a hell of a lot more than that. Oh, I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best squirrel effort. But I thought that was amazing. I thought it was an amazing fact, the fact that, I, I mean, I called it evolution. My mum, the ex-science teacher, said that's not evolution. That's just an example of the symbiotic nature of uh, oh. the relationship between animals and plants. I was like, Mum, leave me alone. It's evolution. It's amazing. Symbiotic. Yeah, about how animals can spread the seed, so uh, pollination, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's, oh my god, it's plain amazing. English. Plain English. Right. We've just lost every everybody that was listening. To this has now just gone nuke and turned it off. Everyone's just gone back to GCSE science, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. But I thought it was amazing that that, that that is how, or one of the ways we get trees in woods and forests, by forgetful squirrels. <laughs> but everybody, every bit plays its part, doesn't it? It does. It's, a, it's all part of the grand plan, whether that's evolution yeah. or whether that's God, whatever it may be. Part of the grand plan. It's amazing. Oh, I love this stuff. It blows yeah, my mind. It really is. I amazing. watched a whole program with Michaela Strachan about the bears and how they had to create a path for the bears to get to where they needed to go so that all the other wildlife would, yeah. would flourish. It's crazy, isn't it? Isn't I know. It's crazy. Brilliant. Love it. Anyway, shall we talk about consumer rights? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> Not squirrels. I think we, Not we, squirrels. We mentioned squirrels in our One Year No Idea podcast. Didn't I we? like squirrels. <laughs> you do like squirrels, yeah. I do. <laughs> Okay. I've got two squirrels in my garden. I don't think you own them, but that's maybe a conversation. Well, they're my squirrels now. (laughs) They're in my garden. I own my garden. All right. (laughs) Saying. Let's get on with it. Let's do it. Sorry. Our first question comes from Kieran, who asks, I booked a hotel in Dubrovnik, and when we turned up, it was still a building site and bared no resemblance to the pictures that that were on the website. My girlfriend and I both got food poisoning and we were laid up in bed for the first three days of our seven-day holiday. I have made a complaint and received a response straight away saying that I would get a further response within seven days after an investigation, but it has now been two weeks and I haven't had a response. What do I do now? Okay, so there's a few questions which we know the answer to because we've asked them yeah. of Kieran, but it would be slight if they booked the flights and the hotel as a package, the rules would be slightly different. But in this particular case, they didn't. They booked the hotel, hotel directly yes. um, with the hotel provider. So in this case, it would be a service contract, which would be covered under the Consumer Rights Act, which nobody really needs to know. So basically, if the service that you've been provided, so the hotel in this case, has not been provided with reasonable care and skill, or anything that has been said to you pre-contract becomes a term of that contract. Anything you're going to rely on, like the fact the hotel will be built, for example, in this case. So there's a breach of contract which entitles Kieran to um, have the situation put right. So have a do-over. Mm-hmm. So they can put it right, put it right. They can't, How do they put that well, right? Well, they can't in this case. Right. So this is where you would. So if that, if the first resolution is around putting the situation right, so so if it was a service, straight service contract, like you had a bathroom installed and the shower wasn't right, you would ask for the shower to be reinstalled properly. Mm-hmm. 
But obviously with holidays, it's slightly different. So what you would be entitled to is um, you'd move to the next set of remedies, which talks about the fact that it can't, a do-over can't be done with um, without significant inconvenience to the consumer or is impossible to do, which it is in this case. So then you would be looking at a, as much as so you'd be looking at a potentially up to a full refund, a price reduction, which could be as much as a full refund if you've got no benefit from the service contract at all. So that would be for, for Kieran to negotiate with the holiday company over whether or not they got any benefit from the holiday at all. But also there'd be the additional potential, any other consequential losses. They could try for compensation for things like the food poisoning, etc., because there's distress involved there. Those things are a little bit tricky, but you can ask for them. But there would be, if, for example, you had to eat in a different hotel every day and you were all inclusive, you would be able to charge for those additional things that, that you were out of pocket because of that breach of contract. And how long should... How long did you pound a credit card? Uh, do you know what? We didn't actually ask, did we? We didn't, we didn't ask that question. You say we. Do okay. you mean you? I mean me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't ask that question. I can, I'll, I'll send him the link to this podcast and we can, and then he can he can then listen to it and then decide whether he paid my credit card and if he could make a Section 75 claim. On the credit. So this is, again, it brings it back to, and I know like you said last time, you're really boring, Louise. You always say the same things. If you can pay on a credit card, pay on a credit card. Because if it's over £100, you get that extra place to go to if you don't get the right response from the company. Now, obviously, he's had a response. They said they're going to investigate it. They've given him a time scale of seven days. So what he needs to do is now send a further letter saying, you said you were going to respond to me within seven days. You haven't. What are you prepared to offer in relation to the complaint I've put in? see what they come back with. If he's unhappy, he would need to go back. I would always start, and as we always say, be kind, be polite. Yes. I wouldn't exacerbate it. Exacerbate is a daft word, isn't it? I wouldn't push it too hard in my first email. I wouldn't lay on, even if you are very distressed, and I I wouldn't go in too hard to start with because it doesn't leave you anywhere to go. Yeah. And I always think politeness, I always hope that if you're polite and you're... Uh, considered in your response, you'll get a better response from the company. And a better and I think, outcome, yeah. I think we've moved into a state where people are, if I can use the word litigious, so we've moved into no, a bit of a... No, you can't word the, use that word. Can't use the word litigious? Absolutely no, right. not. Right, so we Adam says I can't use I the word I said litigious. at the beginning we championed um, plain English. Just saying it again, <laughs> litigious. Uh, right, we can't, but basically we've moved into a world where people like to sue everyone all the time for everything and... It's important to manage your own expectations, as in you're not going... If, if you if you bought a brass ring, you're not going to get a gold ring as a replacement, shall we say, as an example. I love my examples, like the horses, like, just brilliant, isn't it? Well, as long <laughs> as you do. But no. So... So this, yeah. is, this is the advice that we gave to Kieran in a much shorter, succinct way, though, I, I hasten to add. And he had a response from the company, and they said... They apologise for not responding within the seven days that they set themselves and that they he will get a proper response within 28 days. I haven't heard back from him around whether he's actually received that response. I think we're coming up to that around about that time now anyway. Okay, but once they have agreed a figure as well, that figure has to be paid within 14 days. So uh, as we've said, he can't get repeat performance because it was a holiday like that. So if he asks for a, if they offer him a refund or a partial refund, depending on the benefit he got from the holiday, that money has to be paid to him within 14 days. On the in the same way that he paid for it, unless he agrees another way to be paid, so they can't just go. We'll give you vouchers, unless he agrees to the vouchers. Great, thank you very much. Shall we move on to the second question? I think we've covered that. 
Okay, second question from Daphne. I was hoping you may be able to advise or point me in the right direction. Following services provided by a vet, I was issued a number of invoices. These invoices had discount applied. Due to the circumstances around the invoices, it was taken to a small claims court by the vet and the case was dismissed. I have since received additional invoices where two of those invo- those are invoices that were included in the court case, but the vet is now claiming the discount given should be paid and no longer applies. Please, can you advise if this is correct? It's my understanding that once a price has been agreed, then you can't change your mind as and when it suits. So again, this is services, isn't it? So the legislation talks about a reasonable price unless a price is agreed between the parties. So what happens is the price becomes part of the contract. So you cannot change it part way through the contract unless you have agreement of both parties. So no, absolutely not. She's quite right. You can't change a contract price. It would be like me going to ads. Can you um, give me a, so let's say we have a formal contract for this. I want you to give me a lift to work every day on your bike. I want a luggy (laughs) on your bike. Uh, And I'm going to give you £5 a day for that. We have a little contract. We even have to have a written contract, but that's the agreed price. And then it gets to day 15. I'm like, your bike riding is terrible. I'm only giving you £3.50 now. I can't do that because I've agreed £5 with you. Um, your bike riding is not worth £3.50 a day, let alone £5 a day, but you can't change it once it's been agreed, no. Are you telling me I could make 35 quid a week just by taking you to work? <laughs> on a luggy? Brilliant. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the way I want to rock up to work, I to think, be honest. I think I'd still do it for £3.50. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Uh, it would be quite hilarious, yeah. Okay, great. So once once the price has been set, that's it, it's been set, they... It, it can't be changed unless they unless they agree together, unless they mutually agree. You both agree. have to agree. It's a, it's, a, it was, it's a fundamental term of your agreement, which you both would have to agree to. I mean, it's difficult. It's, this is the difficulty we get into with this sort of pricing thing when it's services as well. Because say you have like uh, an extension on your house and or you have a loft. Say you have a loft extension, your roof is off and then the traders go, oh, it's going to cost an extra 10 grand because we didn't realise this work was going to happen. You're, you're in a bit bit of a difficult position in those cases because actually if people have to do something extra that they hadn't contracted for it's right that you should probably pay for that but you're not going to go no because you're fearful of people leaving your property aren't you as well and not putting your roof back on so it can come at a bit of a bargaining position but in that particular case the work had been the service had been carried out you can't change it once the service has been carried out either you can't go well I've changed my mind now I want to charge you more for the work that I've already done that doesn't you can't do that Great. Thank you very much. Okay. I have another question. I have a question here from Teresa. I ordered from a popular online marketplace. I'm not going to give the name away here. And the item was missing from the order. I then contacted them and the response was that I have to agree to investigations amongst many other things before they will even look into it. Is this normal protocol? I would say that's not unreasonable for the online retailer I can say that word, online seller to look into whether or not the parcel was actually delivered or not, because I'm sure there are some people that say parcels have been delivered, haven't been delivered when they actually have and then ask for refunds. So I don't think that's unreasonable. But in relation to non-delivery of goods, 
the, the, it has to have been delivered to you. So it or like so if you if you've designated a safe space, that's fine. It has to be de- designated to you. If they drop it to a neighbour and that's not your designated safe space, that hasn't been delivered to you, and that therefore they're still responsible for it. But I think with this particular case, she opened it and it wasn't in the package. It's on the it's on the balance of probabilities, which again it sounds complex legal language, but basically you've got to be fifty one percent right and be able to prove your case 51% that the parcel wasn't there. So yeah, I don't think that's unreasonable for the company to investigate it. I, I guess a lot of these online retailers kind of set our expectations and, and a lot of them kind of go, yeah, fine, we didn't deliver that. And they get you get your money back straight away and they don't do the investigation because that's kind of a costly thing for them. So they'll just go, yeah, there you go. And therefore we as consumers assume that every company will do the same thing and assume that that's our right. Whereas actually it's not. That, well, yeah, it's, it's down to customer service, isn't it? Mm. Customer service policies and, and good customer service or not. But again, it, it does raise the expectation of a of a consumer to think that you're just automatically going to get a refund, mm. even for unwanted items or for things that don't fit you, for example. You're not legally entitled to a refund. It depends on, on the person that you bought it from. So always check. So before you buy from somewhere, always check their terms in relation to returns. Yeah. Sometimes you can't return things. And the ones that are winning all the customer service awards are the ones that go over and above the law, right? Yeah, and also then they get recommendations, don't they? And then they get return customers. So it's yeah. beneficial to them as well. Yeah, to be good, to be a good business. To be, to be good. And again, it's all about good customer service, be polite, be, be kind, be courteous, all of those things actually go over and above. But when they say an investigation as well, I don't think they mean like a full, like, blues and twos investigation. I think they're just <laughs> going to check with the courier whether it's delivered or not, aren't they? And actually in their store in their warehouse, whether that one that was referenced to that has actually gone out, I would assume. Great. Have you got time for one more, Louise? Yes, I have, Adam. Perfect. So we've had a recent query around solar panels and accreditation. We've had someone come to us and they were sold solar panels. They were daylight solar panels, which is something I think we found out don't actually exist from what we from what we know. Is that as right? As far as I know, yeah. I don't think they exist. Uh, they weren't accredited. And she now cannot sell the electricity that she generates back into the grid. So I know she spent a huge amount of money on these and and I know you've been offering the advice. So have I missed anything? And do you want to kind of expand on it before you give the advice? No, there's, there's a couple of things. So um, the, the lady in question is, is a, a wouldn't be somebody that I would ever consider as vulnerable Weaver. She's very um, intelligent, articulate and considered in this purchase as well. What we do see in this in this whole solar energy and green energy is marketplace vulnerability because people haven't done it before. So she contacted the company and they came round and they provided her a quote. She instructed them to put these solar panels on her house. Then they came around and started to put them on. She wasn't given, a, she thought she was going to get at the end, like a full breakdown on sort of how much energy she was going to save um, and all of that information. She wasn't provided with that. Some of this is a verbal contract. Some of it is, is part of a written contract. But essentially what she was told was that the solar panels were daylight responsive. Now, my understanding, and I've done some looking around this, and again from the Energy Saving Trust, because again, I have caveated this with the lady I'm, speaking to is i'm not an expert in solars so i can just tell her what the law says in relation to having goods and services because it's a mixed contract but solar panels so solar electricity panels also known as photovoltaics everyone just says pv everyone just says pv oh thank you everyone says pv everyone in the solar industry says pv 
friends anymore. Okay, try, um, try. But, but anyway, PV. Isn't it obvious um, why they say PV? Surely. They capture, right, they capture the sun's energy and convert it into electricity that you can use in your home. Um, and by installing solar panels, you can generate your own renewable electricity. This lady's done a lot of work on her house. So again, so this is not, it's not her first day in relation to traders. What's happened is that she's had another trader. What she tried to do was then get onto a tariff with her uh, utility provider. And they said because this particular company were not accredited with certain organisations, she wasn't able to sell that back to the grid. Now, my understanding is as well, it's not a le- you don't legally have to be accredited by certain organisations, but it does mean consumers then can't sell this stuff back to their utility provider or get on the right tariff. So there's a, there's a gap there from a vulnerability perspective from consumers because who's going to know that and who's yeah. going to research all of that extensively? So what's happened is it, there's also something around the fact that they might be unsafe, as in she's not sure on the electrical safety and she's not sure that what they've been mounted on, which could potentially be a fire hazard. So there's this myriad, and I've got to stop using big words today, haven't I? Myriad. There's this... Uh, Plethora. Oh my word, there she goes again. Plethora. There's a lot, a lot. There's a whole load of stuff that isn't right with these panels. She's currently in negotiation with the particular company to see whether or not she can have the solars removed and have her money back. Because again, repeat performance in this particular case where she cannot now sell back to her um, utility provider wouldn't be wouldn't work so there's no point repeatedly just putting them back on again because they're already there it wouldn't solve the problem or the fact that she was misled or the service contract she had is not the contract that she thought she was signing up for so anything that as i've said that's said by the trader or agreed from the trader and the consumer forms part of the contract so she's now in a position where she's looking for some money back and in this case, it's potentially a full refund because she'll get no benefit from them because she wants them taken off. There is an argument, there's a bit of to and fro in about whether or not she will um, have to pay to get them taken off. At the moment, she's pushing to say, have a full, re- get them to take it off, full refund, put her back in the position she would have been had the contract never started in the first place. Fortunately, she also paid on her credit card. She's just got an- another avenue to actually go down there. So there's lots of things going on. And this is the problem that we're getting with. As we've said, green energy, we're, we're not sure that the traders are skilled enough to be able to deliver these mm-hmm. services and consumers definitely don't have the knowledge to understand what they need to know before they contract with somebody. And it's really easy if your neighbour's getting it done, you're like, oh, we'll do mine as well. And then not actually realising that you might need something different than your neighbour. We don't know what we don't know until we don't know it. Correct. Until we know yes. it. Until, okay. until we know it. Until we, until we know it. We don't know what we don't know until we know it. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't know that we didn't know it until we find out right. that we didn't stop, know it. Stop involved in some kind of weird <laughs> paradox here. <laughs> so basically, it's uh, right. So if somebody misleads you or says something that isn't quite true before you enter into a contract, it's a breach of contract, and you should be able to get your money back. Uh, so again, repeat performance is the first sort of remedy that you look for with a service contract goods and services repeat performance if you can't do that then you're looking for a price reduction which could be as much as the full refund if there's no benefit to you from the contract great thank you very much i think we'll leave that there there is information uh, around retrofitting solar panels all that kind of stuff on the consumer friend website and there is loads of other information out there on websites trustmark is a good one Energy saving energy trust. Energy saving trust. That's what I was looking for. Energy saving trust. Uh, and loads of other ones. But yeah. But there are loads of other ones. This is the point. 
definitely this do is your why research. we're here. There aren't That's loads of other ones. There are lots of other ones. But again, it's if you're going to go down this road, and I know we bang on about it, but it is go to a trust smart trader because you know they've been approved. And also, you've got somewhere else to go if you're unable to negotiate with that particular trader yourself if something goes wrong. And that's one of the other reasons as well that people are situationally vulnerable because they're unable to access redress systems or unable to put complaints in. And the thought of complaining sometimes gives people huge amounts of anxiety. So then they don't end up getting whatever's gone wrong put right anyway. So having that that backstop from Trustmark, having that support is is brilliant. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much, Louise. Remember, if you have any other consumer-related questions or topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes, feel free to reach out to us. You can email us at info at consumerfriend.org.uk. Use the contact form on our website. Get through to us through our social media channels. Yeah, please reach out. We'd love to be able to answer your questions. Uh, thank you for joining us on this episode of Ask the Team. Thank you, Louise, for coming along. I've missed I've missed these little podcasts. <laughs> I have as well, actually. Yeah. We've not got how many more? We've got three more on season two. Yeah, three more. Yeah. Well, you better get planning and writing. And all right, we'll do. I didn't uh, have enough stats. I missed the stats. We didn't have enough stats on this one, to be honest. Uh, squirrels lose 75% of their nuts. Well, actually. That's no, a, but I like that stat. That's the greatest stat. That was a really good one. That's I'm going to tell everyone that. I'm upset. By, by next week, that's going to be my stat, <laughs> by right, the way, fine. not yours. Great. Thank you very much. So until next time, stay informed, stay empowered, and be a smart consumer. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. This is Consumer Friend. Consumer Friend.